Good morning, everybody. Shall we begin our worship? Would you stand and sing with us, please? Before we sing, let's take a moment for a prayer for our country. Heavenly Father, as our nation pauses to remember those who have given their lives for the freedoms we enjoy, we pray you would have us all look to you for strength, comfort, and guidance. Move us to know, to take hold, and to treasure your saving grace. Help us to remember that there are only two defining forces that have ever offered to die for us. Jesus Christ and the American soldier. One died for our souls, the other for our freedom. see everybody this morning welcome to worship today is Trinity Sunday if you have any prayer requests please fill out a prayer request card found out on the table in the narthex and place it in the basket we have resumed collecting new socks and new underwear for Haven for Hope and that collection box is in the fellowship hall MESA Mesa will meet next Sunday at 4 30 p.m. in the fellowship hall and our communion offering for next week will be for Peace with Justice Sunday. The scripture reading today comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 11. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption, 
When we cry, Abba, Father, that is the very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If, in fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now if you'll join with me in prayer. Loving God, we gather today to praise you. We thank you for all the blessings of this week and for those we are yet to receive. Remind us that we are here to serve and not to be served. Lead us with your Holy Spirit that we would be a people who speak the truth in love. Teach us to consider our words and speak that which builds up. May our words show others that we serve a holy God. Let the word we hear today strengthen us to go out and tell others about your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Before I invite the kiddos up, I just have a follow-up announcement to make, and I need to beg for volunteers. Beg for volunteers. We are still looking for volunteers for our children's ministry, Hill City Kids. For either our nursery or our elementary program, you can let me know where you prefer to volunteer. If you've already signed up to volunteer, thank you. I'll be sending out an email this week to uh, figure out what our game plan is. But I'm saying all of this because we are reopening our nursery program next Sunday, the first Sunday in June. Um, so we'll have a nursery available for kids four and under. And we will also be restarting our elementary uh, Sunday school class. So for the adult Sunday school classes that have started, there will be full childcare during your Sunday school hour for you. So those are things that we're looking to start and we need volunteers to round out our ministry team. With that, I made an announcement last week that we had been following the Northside School District for COVID protocols, and they're changing what they're doing. You know, politics, it's always changing, right? So they're changing what we're doing, and after discussing with my staff what's working and what's not working, we decided to keep things simple, and we're going to continue to follow the school district. So in that, we will still be sanitizing between classes. We'll have kids wash their hands or sanitize when they enter the room. We'll be social distancing. All the kiddos are given a space marker during our worship for them to stand on so they can sing and dance and have their own little bubble. We're not six feet apart, but we do want to make sure that kids aren't sitting on top of each other during worship right now. And then the big change will be that children no longer are required to wear face masks. It's up to the parents and whether or not they will wear them. We will still have our staff wear them, and we will still request that volunteers wear them if they're able to, with the idea of volunteers that our nursery kiddos can't wear one, right? So for their protection, if you're able to, that would be fantastic. But like I said, I'll be reaching out. I'm also looking for volunteers for our summer program, Riches. I will be making announcements and like teasers of that in the upcoming weeks, because we're only a month out but I am still looking for volunteers. Thank you to those who have signed up. I have a lot of kitchen crew signed up. So you ladies will be getting an email from me, or gentlemen, I think there's a couple gentlemen signed up too. And we'll be figuring out a menu for that in the upcoming weeks. But those sign up sheets are out there. So with all of that, I'd like to invite the kiddos forward for the children's sermon. Good morning, how's everybody doing today? Are we having a good day? There are, there's things going on this weekend, right? It's a different weekend than normal, isn't it? I see the poppy lady got a lot of you. The poppy lady got you already, didn't she? And there's poppies in her hair. Why do we have poppies today? That's right, because tomorrow is, what day, what is tomorrow? Memorial Day. 
Memorial Day. So on Memorial Day, we remember those who have given their lives to protect our freedom, right? Servicemen and women who have given what they call the ultimate sacrifice, right? They've given their life to ensure that we can be here today and have all of the rights and freedoms that Americans have. And there's some awesome ones in there that we have, right? One of my favorite, favorite freedoms that I have as an American citizen is the ability to worship how I want to and to have a faith, how I believe I'm supposed to have a faith. My government can't tell me who I'm supposed to believe in, where I'm supposed to worship, and when, right? And I think that's a wonderful, beautiful thing because that means every Sunday I get to come here and hang out with you guys. And we get to do crafts and we get to sing. And Memorial Day is an important day in our, in our country because we're remembering those people who have protected our ability to do that. And we look to them and we honor them and we look at the examples of service that they've given us, right? When somebody signs up to be in the military, when they're drafted to be in the military, they go where they're told to go, right? And they do what they're told to do. It's not a job that you can just say, I don't want to do this, and walk out of. You sign a contract and you say, I'm going to be here for this number of years, and I'm going to do what you need me to do to protect our country. So they give us this huge example of service. And on Memorial Day, we're talking about the example of sacrifice that's also been given to protect us and let us be here today. But I wanted to make us, uh, have us think about something else, too. Because there are those of us who have, those who have gone before us in our faith as well. Some servicemen and women have been Christian throughout history. I'm, I'm sure a lot of them have been Christian throughout history. And we can see their faith and how it supported them in, in their service to our country. But there are also people just in Christianity, believers in Jesus, followers of God, who we can look to for their stories and their examples of what it means to follow, to be a Christian, to have faith. And we can look through this book right here. You have a textbook in class, right, that tells you American history or world history. But this book tells you your faith history. This book tells us the history of the followers of God. And we can look through it and we can see examples of what it means to have faith, what it means to walk with God. We can see examples of maybe people who didn't make the best choices, right? So just because you're a follower of Jesus, just because you're a follower of God, doesn't mean you always make the correct choice. I know I make wrong choices every single day and I get lost and I get tripped up and I have hard times because I chose not to do that. But we can also look in the Bible and we can see these people that had incredible faith or they had incredible trust in God, right? So they did what he told them to do, even though it might have seemed absolutely crazy. I'm pretty sure when Moses was told, raise your stick up and I'll part the sea for you, it sounded pretty crazy, right? But he trusted God and he held his staff up and the Red Sea parted and he saved his people. He's an example of somebody who's gone before us, of that cloud of witnesses we have in our faith that we can look to, just like we look to our servicemen and women who have sacrificed on Memorial Day and their examples that they've given to us. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we go over into Spark Worship for anybody who wants to come. But before we do that, can you all say a prayer with me? Can we bow our heads, fold our hands, and repeat after me? Say, Dear God, thank you for those who have gone before us who have shown us examples of service and faith. Let us learn from their stories. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so anybody who wants to go to Spark Worship can line up at this door over here. We'll go out the music room. Good morning. I'll start our rainbows and rattlesnakes with a rainbow that it is to see all of y'all. Praise the Lord. And again, the rainbow that... Uh, we actually have had some more rain, praise the Lord. So 
That's always a good thing, I guess, unless it's 40 days in a row, right? And, and we're nowhere near that. We're nowhere near that. So it's a good thing, all that water filtering down into the aquifer. Praise the Lord. I'll say again, you know, I want to give thanks to the Lord for those who sacrificed their lives for us, which is what we are remembering this morning with our, our poppies and some other things that we've said, you know. How many of y'all learned that poem like I did? In Flanders Field, the poppies grow between the crosses, row on row. Did y'all learn that in school? I don't think they teach these things anymore in school. So praise the Lord for those. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we do thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the sacrifices of those that gave their lives that we might have freedom. It's because of their efforts that we can still gather this morning and praise you. Lord, we lift up those anywhere who need healing in their bodies. We lift up those who have recently lost loved ones. We lift up those among our congregation and family who are traveling today. We lift up those who are discouraged who are unemployed, underemployed, or have any physical need. Lord, we, we lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world, that they would seek your will, that there would be peace on earth, and that your children would live together in harmony as you desire. Lord, I ask that you would open our ears, our hearts, our understanding as your word is proclaimed this morning, that we might all leave this place to be better followers of your son who taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, I'll see if y'all do better than the first service did. You know, they all, uh, they all flunked out. And I said, and I and and I, I just like I did in the first service, I, I prefaced that I said, I know some of you know this because some of you are older than I am, right? So, uh, so therefore, now and and I and I realize some of you don't because some of you weren't yet born when this thing took place. Does anybody remember the name Louis Washkansky? Well, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kathy says she does, and so could Sharon because they were here, you know. But that, that, but that doesn't count, you know. They, they, they didn't, they didn't raise their hand at the first service. If she'd have raised her hand at the first service, then she'd have gotten a buy, but she didn't. So anyway, what about Denise Darvall? Wow. What about, what about Philip? Blyberg. 
No bites on that one either. Wow. What about, okay, this is for final answer. And, and also, I told the first service, and, and the same applies for y'all, don't try out for Jeopardy. Of course, you don't have to answer it in the form of a question. You just have to shoot out the answer. Or in this case, all you have to do is say, yes, I remember that. What about Christian Barnard? We got one here. We got two. Okay, three. S similar, similar in the first service. People remembered him. Louis Waskansky, Waskansky was his first human-to-human -human heart transplant recipient. But in Louis's case, the the uh, the transplant was considered a failure because he only lived for 18 days after it. The anti-rejection drugs that they gave him weakened his immune system and he died of pneumonia. That operation was performed on the 3rd of December 1967. Back then I was in uh, eighth grade. I remember it. Uh, I remember it well. I mean it was a big deal at the time. It was, it was, it was a really big deal time. And Denise Darvall was the 25-year-old um, young lady who uh, was severely brain injured in an automobile accident, and she was the first heart donor for uh, a human human heart transplant. And then, I, and then I, th I really thought some of you would remember Philip Blyberg because he was the first successful recipient of a heart. Uh, Dr. Bernard performed that transplant on him about a month later, the second of January, 1968, and he lived for 18 months. You know, but of course, things have changed a whole lot since back then. One of the good things we have to celebrate this morning is that our God has been in the heart transplant business for a long time, right? As Ezekiel reminds us of a couple of places, God replaces our hearts of stone with hearts of flesh, with hearts of flesh and blood. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. And this is the classic lectionary Trinity Sunday reading. Consider the word of the Lord. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And they called one to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me. I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. 
Then one of the seraphs flew to me holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who transforms our hearts and our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, Isaiah starts out here saying that this occurrence, this vision that he had, happened while he was in the temple. He was in, he was in an attitude of worship. But it happened in the year that King Uzziah died. Wow. I'm daily amazed at the way Scripture speaks to us and the things that are put in it. And often, and often, it's just, as we would say these days, almost like a sound bite, right? The year that King Uzziah died. Big deal, right? It was a big deal. King Uzziah died, we think, in 740 B.C., which would be, what, 736 years before Jesus was born. But the point here for us to think about is King Uzziah's life. King Uzziah became king when he was 16 years old, right? And we think we do some dumb things politically these days, right? I mean, th think about that. They put a 16-year-old kid in charge. But all of you know from doing your homework this month, right? Reading the book of Proverbs, it says that a king, even, you know, loosely translated, even if he's not so bright, if he will surround himself with good counsel, he can be a decent king, right? And... Uzziah had good counsel. In fact, he was one of the better kings of Judah. He started ruling, I said, when he was 16 years old. He ruled for 52 years. 52 years. That's a, that's a long time in those days for somebody to be a king. He's, he's not rivaling Queen Elizabeth, but, but he had a pretty good run for those particular days. But here's what, here's what the Scripture tells us about King Uzziah. If you want to, it's a great story. It's a great story. I encourage all of you to go read it. You can find it in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. In 2 Chronicles chapter 26, among the things that it tells us about King Uzziah is, the first and most important, I think, is, is it says, when he sought the Lord, God prospered him. When he sought the Lord, God prospered him. That sounds almost like something Jesus would say, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be added unto you. King Uzziah did that. And again, it's another example of how the Bible is consistent throughout. Jesus didn't make that up, so to speak. Well, we could, we could argue theologically there. Yeah, maybe he did. But it's written in the Bible and other places. But here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. We read on down there in 2 Chronicles 26, and it says, And when he became strong, when he became strong, King Uzziah, his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly and became unfaithful to the Lord his God. Wow. We could stop there. Just thinking about King Uzziah. I mean, that's a good enough lesson for us for a long time. God blessed him. And then when he's doing well, he pats himself on the back and says, what a good boy am I, right? And forgets all about God. Dies a leper, right? Can't even go around anybody, you know, because he's unclean at that point. We need never forget, there's never, ever a reason to be proud. The Bible tells us, and you all have heard me say this, and you'll hear me say it again. The Bible tells us in many, many, many places we should be humble. There's not one scripture in the Bible that says we should be proud. Every time somebody acts in a prideful manner, the consequences are not good. Period. Bank on it. Don't forget it. So Isaiah has this vision in the temple. He sees God on the throne. God was on the throne then. God's always been on the throne. God's on the throne today. God is in charge. Regardless of what temporary circumstances may look like, God is on the throne and God is in charge. And the earth and the heavens are full, full, the Scriptures tell us, of God's glory. Glory. That's, that's really good stuff, right? It's, it's, it's the power of God. It's the energy of God it's the light of God and there are I forget now I believe there are over 400 places in the Bible where it talks about glory but one of them is when the children of Israel are out in the desert in Exodus chapter 16 verse 10 it says and Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of Israel and they so they were in, again, they were in worship, similar to Isaiah. And it said, they looked out in the wilderness and saw the glory of the Lord in the clouds. Have you all seen the glory of the Lord in the clouds? Have you seen a rainbow? Have you seen the rain? Or like, like my wife, Rebecca has taught me to do, is when I, when I drive down the highway, I look up on top of the lamppost, the light post out there, right? Because a lot of times you'll see birds up there. A lot of times you'll see a hawk up there or some other type of bird. 
reflecting the glory of God. Yesterday morning, just yesterday morning, we were driving down 151, and Rebecca pointed out to me that up on top of one of those lampposts, there was a bird. This was shortly after it rained, right? And the bird's, bird's sitting up there on top of the lamppost, holding its wings out, trying to get them dry, right? Because of because the rain had come. That's the glory of the Lord, all right? Or as Psalm 19 tells us, the heavens declare His glory. Were any of y'all blessed like me this morning and get up before the sun came up? And what a beautiful morning. The, the, the moon is waning. It was full just a few days ago. And this morning there were those nice moving, I like it when they move, puffy clouds, right? So you look up and you see some of the stars and then the clouds will kind of obstruct them. And then you'll see the stars again. The glory of the Lord. Right? People of clean lips speak about the glory of the Lord. The glory of God the Father. Isaiah does the right thing, right? He says, woe is me. Kind of like Ezekiel again. I was thinking about Ezekiel. You know, when Ezekiel was in the valley of the dry bones... The Lord said to Ezekiel, He said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel was a wise man. He said, gee, I don't know, Lord, but you do, right? <laughs> Isaiah's doing kind of the same thing. Woe is me. He's in the presence of the Lord. And he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live in a people of unclean lips. Wow. Could that speak any truer? of us and the times we live in. You know? But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Just like that seraph took that coal and touched Isaiah's mouth, we too have been touched and given clean lips and made pure through the blood of Jesus, right? Jesus came and died for us. He was a witness to God's love for us, and He died for us. And you know, we're talking about heart transplants here. Heart transplants are a wonderful thing if you need one. And you might need one if you don't pay attention to what Scripture tells you, right? In Leviticus chapter 3, verse 17, it says, This shall be a perpetual statute. A perpetual statute. What does that mean? It disappears in two weeks? No. It means it goes on forever and ever and ever. And it says you shouldn't eat the fat or the blood because the life is in the blood. Right? And you go on down to the book of Hebrews and it tells us that there's no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. Hebrews 9.22 there's no redemption of sin without the shedding of blood. So Jesus says, when He institutes the Lord's Supper, what does He say? He says, this is the new covenant in my, through My blood. And what is the new covenant? We're back to heart transplants. Okay? Jeremiah 31-33, right? It says, I'm going to write I'm going to make a new covenant with y'all and write my law 
on your heart, on your heart, right? Did y'all know? Did y'all know? Actually, actually, I think I have mentioned this before, but it bears repeating because it's one of those th- it's it's one of those almost woo-woo things that you say that can't be right. Did you know that when you get a heart transplant, if you get one, I hope nobody has to get one. If you get a heart transplant, there there are many cases of heart transplant recipients having memories from the donor, from the donor's life. It's a fact. It's a, it's a well-established scientific fact at this point. So all those verses in the Bible that say, uh, you know, you should store this up in your heart, again, pay attention. There might be more there than it seems like there ought to be there, you know. And sometimes we get like, like good old King Uzziah, right? We think we did it ourselves, and maybe we've got a better idea. But Jesus says this is the new covenant the new covenant and with the new covenant you get a new heart and with a new heart you have memories you have memories of the very thoughts that God has and that Jesus has and when you do that you become a people of clean lips and again a people of clean lips talk about Jesus And the fact that He has forgiven them of their sin. And their guilt is blotted out. And their sins are forgiven. We get to the last portion of this passage that we read in Isaiah. And God says, who's going to go for me? Who should we send? And Isaiah says, send me, send me. And each of us, each of us who are baptized Christians have a call on our lives. We have the same call that Isaiah had on his life. To be sent and to be people of clean lips. And to proclaim the good news to the rest of creation. And how do we do that? Jesus reminded his disciples the night before he was crucified that he was going to send the Holy Spirit to help them. He told them after He was risen from the dead that they should wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they would get what? They would get power and they would also be His witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit that God gives us. Speaking of the power of the Holy Spirit and being witnesses, and this being Trinity Sunday, I want to remind you all of one more verse. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. It says, And there are three in heaven that bear witness. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And the three are one. People of clean lips are empowered to do what they need to do through the Holy Spirit. Now I want you all to think about something. First off, I want you to think about what I'm going to say. This is, this is something Hannah Arndt said. 
Some of you have probably read things that Hannah Arndt wrote. Maybe you've read this before. Hannah Arndt said that the sad fact of the matter is that most evil is done by people who never made up their mind to do or be evil. Wow. That's a mouthful. Or in other words, in other words, you can make a decision to do good and not just complacently go along with things that might be evil. And again, we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, God didn't send an angel to touch Isaiah's tongue with a hot coal so that he would be able to just sit around and, and be pure. No. He did it so that Isaiah could go and serve. And Isaiah could witness to the rest of the world about God's glory and God's truth. So, just like with a heart transplant recipient, the heart can be rejected. And there are anti-rejection drugs. It's no different with us. We can hear of God's goodness and we can choose to keep our hearts of stone. We can reject it. Or we can accept it and we can become people of clean lips. People who tell the world about God's glory. People who tell the world about Jesus dying for them. People who go into the world and do good through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Go in peace and speak as a person with clean lips. Remember your homework from yesterday, Proverbs 29.20. Don't pay attention to somebody who's hasty in their speech. There's more hope for a fool. And as you do that, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen. strong